This is episode 71 of the Rising Man podcast with Glenn Money. Failure is the initiation for success. Welcome back, Rising Man family. I am your host and the creator of the show, Jetty Azuma, back with another power-packed interview from an amazing man who I can't wait to introduce to you guys. But first, I realized that I've been talking a lot about men's teams ever since I started the podcast. And if you've listened for a while, you probably heard me speak about my men's team and the value that I've had from sitting on one for the past six years. It's where I go to get the most honest mirror, the most honest reflection of how I'm showing up in the world. It's where I catch my blind spots in the eyes and in the words of other men. It's where I've gotten the support that I've needed to become the man that I am today. And I always forget how many men are living in the world without anything close to the level of support that I get from the men in my life. It's my secret sauce to success. And if you want some, then make sure you join us for our May Rising Man Fire Circle call this Saturday, May 25th from 3 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is the virtual space I've created so that men all over the place can have a men's team. It's happening. We're growing. We've got dozens of guys who are showing up every single week, every single month, and continuing to be a part of these fire circles. So you can join as a guest if it's your first time by sending me a direct message, either Facebook, Instagram, hit me up. I'll send you the call link if it's your first time. Or if you want to go all in, you can sign up and be a patron of the Rising Man podcast by heading over to patreon.com slash rising man. This is going to allow you to support the podcast and give back to everything we've been providing for you while also getting instant access to our private Facebook community, monthly calls, support from me and my power team directly, and connection with men from all over the world. A really unique brotherhood, the support that you need that every man deserves to be the best man that we could possibly be. So don't miss out on that opportunity. Make sure you guys join us for the call this Saturday, no matter what you have to do, make it happen. Okay, my guest for today is a man by the name of Glenn Money. He's a founding father of the Conscious Man Brotherhood and a lead coach in Man Cave. He's a man deeply committed to empowering others to step into their most congruent and authentic selves. By expressing his own unique creativity through poetry and dance, he supports others to tap into their own divinity that's residing within and cultivating the muscle to live in that alignment every single day. Glenn helps to illuminate people's highest truth, embrace their deepest vulnerabilities, supporting their soul's calling. Through his own journey of awakening, he lives boldly, reminding us all that when we love ourselves fully to the best of our abilities, we become the permission slip for other people to do the same, creating a lighter, more compassionate, and joyful experience of life. My man Glenn is a powerhouse. In this episode, we talked about the difference between serving the world and seeking validation. We talked about why it's important to cultivate self-worth from within because nothing outside of us can fulfill us. The key to serving at a higher level is getting clear on your values and the greatest gift we can give is to show up as our most creative selves. It acts as the permission slip for others to live out their inspirations. I love how my man Glenn talks about being the permission slip. So, so good. We talked about interrupting the pattern of our lives to make the space for transformation, how if you want to raise your game, you must insert yourself into the vortex of powerful people. We talked about Glenn's journey of getting involved with Preston Smiles and ultimately in Man Cave and how instrumental that was in his growth and his personal journey. And last but not least, we've got one of my favorite lines ever on this show. And that's saying a lot. We've done over 70 interviews, talked to tons of different men, but my man G Money hit us with it. Failure is the initiation for success. Boom. Without further ado, Glenn Money. Rising Man family, I have a highly esteemed guest today, a very dear brother of mine who I love very much, all the way live from Radelaide is what they call it, right? That's correct. Mr. Glenn Money. <laughs> What's yeah, up, bro? How you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me on. And yeah, uh-huh. it's, it's Radelaide, the city of churches, whatever whatever you want to call it. City of churches, that's new to me. Is, is it really like there's a lot of churches in Adelaide? Plenty. Yeah, that's what it's known as back home. So yeah. Huh. Fun fact for the day. Didn't know that. 
Cool, man. Well, those guys who are listening, they'll hear a little bit of an intro about you. But you and I first met when Man Cave started. You know, you had been working with Preston for a little while. You and I just met, hit it off right away, man. And I've really been captivated by the journey I've seen you on for the past couple of years as a guy really paving his way in the world. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the audience getting to hear your story because I know it's going to inspire a lot of guys out there. But before we get to all the juicy stuff, I got to ask you this, man. What is the difference between a boy and a man for you? I've been expecting this question, having been an <laughs> uh, uh, avid listener of the Rising Man podcast. I really think what defines a boy from a man, a boy is often trying to prove himself to the world, prove that his life has meaning, prove that he is valuable. And this in today's society manifests through trying to get the girls, trying to get the awesome body, trying to really have himself seen a certain way. And I think what defines a man is really taking responsibility for his life and serving something that's bigger than himself, serving whether that's a family, whether that's a mission, something that's outside of him that's to benefit the greater good of everyone. So, yeah. Nice. I love that. I love that answer, man. And it, let, let's play a little game. Okay. And, and I'll go first so that you're not caught, caught too much off guard. Let's, okay. let's take turns going back and forth about the ways that we showed up as a boy, especially when we thought we were men. Cause I know that I, I thought I was becoming a man and I was still very much behaving like a boy. And one of the things that showed up for me was I used to take on the identity of I'm the humble guy. I'm so humble because I, I don't ever talk about myself and people appreciate me for being the humble guy because I wanted to be seen that way. And I wanted so badly to be seen as humble that I would embody that identity, that, uh, that archetype, whatever you want to call it. And I had a girlfriend one day that said, you have such a big ego. And it, it, it hit me like a Mack truck. I was like, yeah. me, the ego guy. No, you got me wrong. What are you talking? You must be thinking of somebody else. And it still stands out in my, in my memory mm. of, wow, I was totally missing the point because I wanted to be seen a certain way. For sure. What so a powerful my- mirror you received in that moment, dude. Damn, dude. And she was like three years younger than me. And I was like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're girl, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Totally up in my ego. For sure. You know, my ego didn't want me to say this, but this was the first thing that came to my mind. The way I showed up as a boy was counting the amount of girls that I had slept with thinking that that was like a badge of honor. And Mm. that was my worth was in the way that the opposite sex saw me. Mm. Yeah. Just really coming from that, that needy place, that place of validate me. Mm. That was a theme um, that has shown up so much as a, as a little boy and more into my teenage years and young adult years. Dude, I could definitely relate to that as a, as a younger version of myself, keeping tallies of, of how many <laughs> girls that we'd slept with, me and my, me and my boys. That's what we used to do because that's, that's what we saw somewhere else along the way that told us, hey, the more w- girls you've slept with, the more of a man that you are. And that also makes me remember, I used to want to be seen as the guy who could come in and save a girl. So I, I went after the girls who had like, you know, daddy issues or they'd been in a, a bad relationship before. And I wanted to be the, the golden knight who comes in and saves the day yeah. because I'm so nice and so charming. And I go out of my way and bend over backwards, but it was all because of how I wanted to be seen mm-hmm. and how I wanted to be appreciated and validated for showing up that way. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't authentic. And part of it was, I wanted to be nice and helpful, but yeah. At the end, it was about me. Yeah, I think we can all, yeah, definitely resonate to wanting to be in that hero archetype, whether that's saving a woman, whether that's like anything, like in your sports team, like everyone wants to be the hero and be celebrated for that. So, you know, 100% relate to that. So, uh-huh. Yeah, man. And I think a lot of guys, you know, when we can finally take ownership of those behaviors that truly are for ourselves and we can, we can admit that, that's one of the first steps towards becoming a man. Is, is admitting that, yeah, that, that's actually what was really happening. That's what I was really doing. And now I'm choosing something different. I'm choosing to make that 180 degree pivot towards what you said, serving the world instead of looking for how the world is going to validate and serve me. Mm-hmm. So, so it's great, man. I think it's really powerful. And thank you for being willing to yeah. go there and be transparent. Yeah, thank you, man. It's not I, easy. I, I also want to add as well, I think it's necessary that we go through that stage where we find out, we cultivate our own self-worth and realize that it was there all along and no number of girls or status or body image, nothing outside of us is going to define that. It's, we've got to find it internally within before we can really start serving the world and giving our gifts. Uh, yeah, it's, it's archetypal, isn't it? And and you were just saying before we hit the record button, it's it's your birthday. So happy birthday to Glenn. You, happy brother. 27, man. Yeah. And I know that 
you said you you made a very clear distinction because we've we've mentioned here on the podcast before the stages of development according to Alison Armstrong for men. We go through, you know, being a page and a squire, then knighthood, which is all about that that young boy, adolescent experience of fun and adventure. And at some point we decide that our life is about building and creating something. We're done having mm-hmm. all those adventures. We're done going out and schmoozing women. It's time to get busy. And you said that you feel like you're right on the cusp of this transition. So tell us, tell us a little bit about the yeah. knighthood piece and the, how that helps you cultivate this healthy identity. Yeah, I, I love how Alison Armstrong breaks down the stages of men and doesn't make any of the different stages better than the other. But right. for the for the longest time, maybe the last five six years, I've been in that knighthood stage, going on my adventures around the world and really just like having an amazing time and growing through that process. And just so many of my decisions were based on choosing fun and excitement. And yeah, like my birthday being yesterday, I I noticed this subtle shift in, you know, what am I, what am I really up to in the world? And Preston says this all the time, how big is my yes? Mm. So really, um, really sitting in that and seeing what my impact and my legacy is, here to give mm-hmm. the, the knighthood sh- stage is awesome and it, it reveals so much of who you are mm-hmm. and w- when you get clear on like your value now you, now you get to really give that so mm-hmm. I, i'm on the cusp of that i, I made a dec- declaration on my facebook yesterday i've never actually opened it up i, I declared that yeah i'm a coach like i coach i've been coaching in man cave for the last 18 months uh-huh. but i'm a coach and if people want to work with me one-on-one that's available and mm-hmm. really really taking ownership that I, that's what that is being asked of me and I get to say yes to that and step into it mm. has been huge and just even putting that out there I felt like a, an energetic shift mm. so yeah yeah that's powerful man yeah you're definitely a different version of yourself than the, than the man that I met so it's been cool to see you go through these stages and knowing a little bit about your past like I, I could see that you really made the most of that phase of knighthood and mm-hmm. I love that you remind us about Allison making none of those stages wrong in fact, all of those stages are necessary. And there's a lot of men out there who rush through knighthood, who, who try to bypass having fun and adventure and, and get into a commitment that is like being in princehood and like being in the stage of creation and building a foundation, but then eventually feel some sort of regret because they didn't really fully live that out. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm glad to, to see a, a man like yourself who really feels like he got to enjoy his knighthood. So what allowed yeah. you to really live out your knighthood freely and openly and then to recognize when it was over. Just, just talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. I, I think it, I've had some really powerful men in my life. And I think if I was actually comparing myself to those men, whether it was you or Preston who like in your King almost, or in deep in your Prince, if I was to compare myself, if I was to compare myself to you guys and realize that I'm not, I'm not where you guys are, then I, I would feel pretty shitty. But having you guys reflect to me, no, you you get to you get to do you. You get to continue to enjoy this stage of your life. Like you're you're 25, you're 26. You get to have fun and mm-hmm. live in the moment. I think it was really powerful. You guys were the permission slip for me to not skip this stage. I have really role modeled to me what I'm stepping into now. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, have, yeah. I mean, that's the benefit of having solid men around that you trust is that they can let you know what you're missing. Cause we all have blind spots. We talk about that a lot here on the podcast and, yeah. um, and there is a certain point at which you just feel like it's complete. Like I've, I've had a really great time and it's, it's actually kind of exhausting. I know for me, I remember when I was ready to commit to, to marry, to marrying Carrie and to starting a family, I was so exhausted by the thought of going out and having late nights and partying or traveling the world with a backpack on that. There was like a, there's still a glimmer of it in there. That's like, Ooh, it would be exciting just to drop everything and go do that. But Mm -hmm. it, it sounds really exhausting to me. So that was kind of my indication. What, what has been the indication for you, especially because you're right on the cusp of this right now? I, I think it's just the like really sitting in the question of what's being asked of me and how big is my yes and really answering that call and realizing like I've, I've had an amazing time and I've grown so much through that process. But is that what I need right now? Is that what's going to help me grow to the next level? Like, like everything's an adventure, whether we're traveling around the world or whether we're doing our deep work. And I think the next adventure is really how, how do I build something in the world that's going to make a huge impact and how do I be the embodiment of that through man cave, through whatever else I decide to put my time, attention and energy into. Mm, awesome, man. Let, let me ask you a real vulnerable question real quick. Do you know exactly what it is that you're creating in the world right now? 
Yes or no? I believe I have the breadcrumbs of why I'm really here and what's being birthed through me. And I have the infrastructure. I have the, the men in my life that continue to reflect back my, my greatness, that continue to call me forward. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you actually wanted, like, I've got, a, I've got another answer that goes a little bit deeper than just breadcrumbs. It's, it's pretty- Go for it. Yeah, tell us about yeah. it. Yeah, I think the greatest gift that we can be giving to the planet right now is to show up as our most creatively expressed version of ourselves, Mm -hmm. whether that's through poetry, whether that's through dance, whether that's through creating a building, like whatever is on our heart that we get to give to the world, we get to live that out and we get to really bring that to form. Mm. And by doing that, what do you think is, how is that going to impact the world? It's going to, it's the permission slip for other men to do the same, for Mm -hmm. other women to do the same, that the the weird crazy thoughts that are in our head the inspiration and ideas that we we receive they have they have meaning and purpose and we, we get to be the bearers of them to bring them to form mm. yeah man and for those people who don't know you who are listening to this you you have such a unique sense of humor you're, you're one of the funniest people i know because uh, i love your sense of humor i love your way that you express yourself and you you can go to all these different places to bring joy into people's, into people's hearts, into people's minds. And um, I also imagine that if we believe that our medicine is born from our wounds, so that whatever we have to give is born from our own experiences, our own challenges, what mm. were the challenges that affected you in finding your authentic creative expression? Yeah, for sure. So I think the main challenge for me was the seeking so much validation and, and approval from those around me. I, in that, in that process, started to dim my light. Like if, if I, sh- if I shone too bright, if I shone too bright then, and it wasn't received well, then I would make that mean something about me. And I didn't have mm-hmm. the people in my life that were celebrating me. So like overcoming that hurdle and knowing that the validation and the approval has to come from within for me to really make a dent in the world and give what I have powerfully. Mm-hmm. That, that was the core wound of not feeling accepted by those around me has really been the huge invitation and gift for me to really shine and share what I've got. Well, and I think it's something we all share and it goes, the, the challenging part of it is it goes all the way back to our most formative years of being little, little, little kids, you know, probably, probably going back to like the age of seven, eight years old, maybe even a little bit younger, where we first started being ridiculed by other kids for being different, for being unique, for saying something that was a little out of bounds or a little out of the ordinary or looking funny, being a little more chubby, being a little slow, a little uncoordinated, any of those Mm. things that made us stand out. I know for me, it was all about fitting into the middle of the crowd. I, I, I survived my childhood years by being just smart enough, just athletic enough, just suave enough and charming enough not to ever really have anybody pick on me because I was so terrified. I was, I was like a small guy. I was really small, short height wise and mm-hmm. also, also pretty scrawny. So I was terrified that if, if somebody started picking on me and they actually wanted to beat me up, I would be like pounded to smithereens. So, so that's, I took that on. I took on, okay, well, I got to, I got to, like you said, I got to dim myself. I got to not shine too bright, but shine enough so that I can be validated for being smart and athletic and charming. But, you know, Mm -hmm. cause, cause the the person who's running at the front of the pack too, like they, they get chopped down by the middle of the pack as well. Mm -hmm. So what was your experience like growing up and how did that feed into your behaviors? For sure. So like the way I perceived myself growing up was I was that leader. Like I was on, like I was seen by people as that was out the front, like doing things differently. But so much of how, how I learned to be was for the approval of others that, that were around me. And I think it wasn't until I was 18, 19, 20, when I was really asking myself the, the deep questions of like, who am I and what do I stand for? And started to like the, the song changed for me. And I started oh. to dance to a different beat. Mm. And to have that not received by people who have known me my whole life is like, whoa, like if, if I'm not who they say I am, then who, who am I really? Uh-huh. And growing through that disapproval really was the catalyst for so much of how I show up today. So paint, paint a more vivid picture about that. I'd like to know what that specifically looked like, that stage of your life where you started dancing to a different music. Mm. It, it started off with me getting into personal development and, yeah. you know, writing inspirational statuses on Facebook and like people calling me out, like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Like, <laughs> like he, he, this is, this is Glenn, the dude that gets smashed every weekend that like is the clown dude. And now, now he's some Gandhi motivational speaker and like having, 
having that feedback from like my inner circle, having that feedback from people that were in my vortex was like, uh, was crushing at the time. Uh, and it made me want to seek what else was out there. If this isn't my tribe, then who is my tribe? And, mm. um, that, that led into wanting to go travel the world that led into putting myself in circles and environments that would help really grow this aspect of myself that wasn't wasn't recognized by other people. Ah, that's fascinating, man. I have a very parallel story to that, except that I was being really well received and validated by my community, by my friends, by my, my, my inner circle. When I first started having this question come up, this can't be it. I can't, I can't just be this. I know there's more to me than just this. And a series of events led me to realize I had to leave my, my community, my friends, my family, everything that I knew, because they were, they were reflecting back to me a version of me that didn't feel complete, that felt like there was so much more and I wasn't accessing it where I was. So I had the same inspiration. I said, you know what? It's time to go. I don't know exactly where, but I'm going to buy a one-way ticket to California and then follow my footsteps from there. And thus unfolded my journey. And I, you know, I've talked yeah. about that here before. So I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit about more about yours because it's, it's interesting to have that same moment of, mm. you know what, I'm only getting something here with what I've known time to go try something different and see what's waiting for me out That's there. That's it. Yeah. I think to everyone, it's so important that we interrupt the pattern of our life. And for me, that moment came at 24. I'm like, look, I'm done with this. And I, I took a year off from my, my job back home. And I, first I went to Peru and I put myself in environments where I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And the way I was received with people that didn't have a reference point to who I had been in the past was completely different. I'm like, wow, like, I don't know, know that I'm showing up differently here, but these, these people that I'm interacting with, they don't, they're seeing me for who I am in this moment and not who I've been. And that just un unpacked so much for me where I was like, life can be so much more broader than how I've learned to be back home. Mm. And so I, I, I went traveling for a year. I actually started living in Canada for four months of that time mm -hmm. and really got to know who I am when I don't have the people back home reflecting back to me every single day who I've been. And yes. that, that, that was so transformative. Yeah, man. Those mirrors, right? Those, those mirrors. Because yeah. every, every human being on this planet is a mirror. And they don't have to be deep into personal development to be able to reflect back who we are. In fact, it's actually better when they're not because they don't have all these filters and screens for trying to manipulate language and perspectives, yeah. right? I mean, we, that's, that's personal development can get a little bit tricky at some point with all the technology. But mm -hmm. I remember for me, when I first stepped onto the reservation, it was the first time that I'd left anything that I ever knew and showed up in a place entirely different to me. I don't know the culture. I don't know the people. I don't know anybody. And to mm. see who they see in me, who do the, who do the people see in me when I just show up out of nowhere? Like, could it, could it just been someone that drove up? Nobody, nobody knows where I'm from. I'm just who I say I am and who I show up as. And yeah. to, I think everybody ought to have an experience like that. You don't need to necessarily go travel the whole world. And sometimes it's just going to a different part of the country where you've never been before and nobody knows you, but there is something really useful about that, about that experience. A hundred percent. And I'd, I'd love to ask you what, what gave you the confidence to actually take that step? Like, how were you able to trust, not like not knowing how this was going to work out? How were you able to trust in spirit, the universe, whatever you want to call that thing that was guiding you to take this, this giant move in your life? It's funny, man. It's, it's great you asked that question because I, I wish I could take more credit for having this confident moment of clarity that was, I must go this way for the sake of my journey. But that wasn't what it was, man. I was, I was in college. I was finishing up my graduate studies. I had one more opportunity to do 12 weeks of interning anywhere in the country. And I had, they used to do it by lottery in my college. So I had a really good lottery number. So basically I had my pick of about, I don't know, maybe 200 different locations across the U S and what really propelled me to choose where I went was I had just gotten out of a relationship with who I thought was my one, right? It was like my second serious yeah. girlfriend ever. And she, and she broke my heart cause she broke up with me with no explanation. And it started this like, who am I cycle? Am I not mm. worthy of love? You know, what's wrong with me? I felt deficient. And I said, mm -hmm. you know what? I just got to get as far away from this as I can. Cause I can't find, I can't navigate my way out of this pain. I didn't know mm -hmm. what to do. So it was actually the circumstances of my life that dictated, hey, I got to do something drastic. And hey, why not take this opportunity to where I've got a ticket to go anywhere I want to go to see what happens. And I, I looked at the board of possibilities and it said, 
Northern Navajo Medical Center, Shiprock, New Mexico. I said, that's really far away from here and I don't know anybody over there. So let's do it. And it was one of the greatest choices I made in my life, but it wasn't because I had some clear sense of this is where I need to go. It was just intuitive, really. It was, I need to do something different and oh, I, I pieced it together, but I didn't know what I was doing, man. I was like 22 years old. <laughs> sure, man. What, what's coming up, up for me as you were sharing that? I don't want to circle back to the heartbreak from your girlfriend. Those events where we're like, man, this is the worst thing ever. It's really the unraveling of your ego because something else gets to come through. And mm. for you, that, that sent you on a journey across the country. And you wouldn't be the man you are today without that that heartbreak and how life has unfolded for you since is a, is a testament to that. Absolutely not, man. Absolutely not. And and that's the funny thing about hardship is, and we talk about growing pains a lot, right? We, we only grow when we have those really intense moments of when we're kids and our knees and our joints are just aching and they hurt Mm. and we don't appreciate it in that moment, but you, you wake up to the next day and you're like, Oh man, I'm an inch taller. My, my pants don't fit quite as much. And, And then we're really happy about it. So it's that reminder that, hardship is the source of growth. It never feels good. And it is, it's, I think it's really masterful to be able to be grateful for the hardships while we're in them. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. And I'm I'm still figuring out how to do that one. (laughs) Yeah. 100% man. And I I think it's also important to realize that, you know, anything that you're being with in life is there, is there for you. And like you, you already have the power to overcome these so-called hardships and view it as a blessing because whether, whether it's a blessing in this moment or if it's a blessing in two years time, Uh all serving a purpose for, for your next greatest expansion. Yeah. And I think that's also a good reminder to, to feel deeply to, to, especially us as men, to allow ourselves to feel deeply along that process. Because when I drove, I, I, this was a, this is a really cool story, actually, I've never shared before. I drove from upstate New York all the way to New Mexico, which you probably have no reference for that, but that's, you know, 2,500 miles that I was driving by myself. And I'd never done a trip like that by myself in my car. And so it was a three-day trip of just being in the car by myself. And before I left, I asked my friends to make these like, that back when we used to listen to CDs. You remember CDs, Glenn? You may not remember yes. CDs. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that young, bro. I'm 27, come on. Uh, I thought you were turning 15. Um, <laughs> but I asked my friends to make me a, a, a CD with their favorite songs on it. And so my friends made me like 25 CDs. So I just listened to them on heavy rotation. I was listening to these songs and brought up all these nostalgic moments. And as I was driving away within 45 minutes, of leaving where I was going to school, I was, I was in tears and I probably cried straight through at least one and a half CDs because I was just, I felt alone. I was scared. I was, I was still feeling the pain of, of kind of like driving away from Mm -hmm. experiencing love. And, and I was like, what the hell am I doing? (laughs) Like, why, why am I going all the way out to New Mexico when I, when it feels so safe and I'm loved here by my friends? So it's, it's important to feel that deeply because feeling that and processing that allowed me to be open. By the time I got to New Mexico, I was like, you know what? I'm here. So bring it on. Let's do this. What, what do you guys have for me? Yeah. 100% bro. I love what you said about allowing, giving yourself the permission to feel deeply. I think so often we just need to let go, but you know, we're not the ones letting go. It's, we get to really be in our experience and then the experience will let go of us. So it's so important just to feel that sadness, feel that aloneness so we can transcend it and move on to something new. Mm. Um, it's powerful. It's powerful. And it's, it's something that I have a lesson that I'm being with at the moment, like learning that I don't need to let go. I, I, I need to learn how to just be with whatever's showing up in my emotional experience and honoring that. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's so powerful when we can lean into our emotions. And, you know, one of the things I think as men we get to do for the people who depend on us is that we, we don't lead our lives by our emotions. In fact, I think a a sign of a really strong man who's grounded in his masculine is not letting his emotions run his life. But that's not to say that he doesn't allow allow himself to feel them. It's important to feel our emotions, but not to let our lives be run by them. And I think that's a distinction that, especially when we're on the crux of that boy to man transition, it's hard to make because feeling emotions is one thing, but then choosing not to be run by them or not letting our emotions run, control our lives is a very conscious decision to make. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. And yeah, I, I love, I love what you just, just shared there with like feeling your emotions, but not, not 
making decisions from them. Like we, we get to, there's a space that we get to operate from, which is above that, which is logical, which is a gift of the masculine is to be logical, to think things through and make decisions from a place that isn't so, so cloudy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and sometimes in order to get that clarity, we have to process the emotion all the way through. I know mm-hmm. that, um, <laughs> I think I've shared this story before. Uh, you're bringing all these nostalgic moments out of me, Glenn. Yeah. This must be one of your superpowers. <laughs> anyway, I remember it's actually a couple, it's a very important moment in my life for a couple of reasons. First of all, I was 16 years old, was, was with my first serious girlfriend. It was the first big fight that we had. So I didn't know how to handle it. And she was just not answering my phone calls for whatever stupid reason. I, it, it wasn't really serious, you know, but mm-hmm. it threw me into a complete spin out, a complete breakdown, emotional breakdown. I was crying. I was like, raging and I didn't know what to do with myself, man. I was just, Oh, I was just broken. I mean, my friend, my, my, my friend who was a girl came over to try and console me and she couldn't do nothing. My mom came up and she was, I I, I saw in her eyes and I was like, Oh shit, my mom is scared with what she sees right now. She don't know what to do. My dad comes up, tells me to just, you know, calm down. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I need to get out of here. So I went out of the house and I just went and I ran for like an hour straight, just like beasting. And Mm -hmm. I felt great. At the end of it, I felt euphoric. I didn't even remember why I was upset. I didn't care if she was going to call me back anymore. I went home, had the best night of sleep ever, but I needed to like clear that emotion, which was really big mm-hmm. at that time. First time, like, you know, adolescent, tra- teenager hormones, just huge. Mm-hmm. But that, that clearing of the emotion is really important. So I, I think, and you know, in our work, especially in Man Cave, we talk a lot about, yep. you know, the primal screams, you know, un- unleashing yep. the inner warrior from within us, the battle cry, yep. the, the LeBron James beating his chest on the, on the announcer table when he hits the game winning shot. Like we have mm-hmm. to allow ourselves to feel that so that those emotions don't become compressed within our beings. Yeah, ab- absolutely, dude. It's like when, when we notice the big waves come up, that's where the, the little tools that we have, like catch and release, that, that we get to put that aside and actually allow that wave to crash fully so we can move through it. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's it, it's powerful. Like if, if I was coaching your 16-year-old stuff, I would be like, hey, Jetty, just do a little primal scream and we're going to move through this. It's going to be okay. Well, yeah. Whenever you not, had a time in your life where you weren't okay at the end of it. So Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love what you said about your purpose, man, really being that permission slip. Cause that's one of the things that I think as men, we still need permission. A lot of us still look for permission to express ourselves in that way because yeah. we as men, but also women, children, they learn that that type of expression is, is unsafe. Once you get to a certain age, I mean, my son is three and a half years old and the kids he goes to school with three, four, five years old, they scream their head off when they need to. And everybody mm-hmm. just stands there and, and, and gets to be with it because, hey, they're, they're kids. But mm-hmm. to see a, a grown ass man scream at the top of his lungs, that's scary. That's dangerous. That's we got to call the cops or something. <laughs> like that. And there's something there's something that's fundamentally it. wrong with that, man. We got to figure out how to flip that, how to normalize this natural expression of, mm. hum, of, of being human, of being an animal, too, because that's also what we are. Yeah, 100 percent agree. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad that you you bring that into the space and that you're you're walking that path, man. In fact, I want to I want to double back a little bit here because there's another part of your story that I really appreciate, and that's the way that you you caught the wave of we'll call it personal development, you know, the the information that helped inform your path, your journey, and you jumped right in. You know, yeah. you jumped right in, you got involved. Tell us how you started to just immerse yourself in that world and how you got to the place where you are now, where you're declaring on Facebook that you're a coach. Yeah, for sure, man. So I got my my start in personal development, like every amazing person through network marketing. And I was involved I was involved with a, a really amazing company whose values were huge on integrity and personal growth. And I, I I found myself really drawn to that the energy of it and wanting to improve myself. And that was the breadcrumbs to lead me into some more deep work where it wasn't me trying to better myself or fix myself. It was more me um, allowing myself the permission to feel what I had never felt before, Uh which led into me traveling around the world and learning that I wasn't who I had been back home, that the world will reflect something different back to me when they're, when they don't have the reference point to who I've been in my past. It's led me into opportunities where I've just continued to say yes and show up. So I started working for Preston Smiles for I'm sure many of you listeners listeners know who he is. And I found myself supporting in Man Cave and just being in that environment day in, day out and seeing the way you show up, the way Ryan showed up, the way Preston showed up really inspired this path that I'm on now to 
not only cultivate my own gifts and my own creativity and my own self-expression, but really be that mirror for others and allow them to do the same. So mm. yeah, just continuing to say yes to whatever is in front of me and knowing that that's my, that's my service. Like whatever is in front of you is your service. And the bigger I yes, the more that gets given to us to really serve. Mm. Tell me about how you got to working with Preston. What was, what did you do? How did you get yourself involved with him? Oh man, this is, it's interesting. This was back in 2015. I, I met Preston at a conference and I emailed him straight after and I started doing one-on-one coaching with him. And since doing one-on-one coaching with him, he's gone on to do amazing things. I really supported him in his journey and he's created Bridge and Man Cave. And, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, that was a joke for, for those that aren't, aren't caught up with it. No, I, I did one-on-ones with P back in 2015. I was in his vortex from that point on and just continued to show up to everything that he, he was putting out and continuing to grow myself. And it's no mistake the the people that you find yourself interacting with. So I was I was a match to a match to the energy and frequency that he was putting out, and that's just led on to more and more opportunities for me to serve in in this world and help people with their own transformation. Yeah, man, and and we've all had had that person. We've all had that person that we we resonate with. That we see something in them that excites us, that inspires us. That we we just want to be around them more. We want to spend more time yeah. in their space. And so, some of us take that leap yeah. and say, "Hey, how can I help? How can yeah. I support you in what you're doing? How can I make it a little bit easier for you? Take some of what you're doing on, and just because I believe in yeah. you and I want to support your journey, I know that yeah. I saw you do that. I know I've done that myself with some men that I've supported and what they do, and it it serves in both directions. It gives mm-hmm. that that individual the support that they need, but also gives you the opportunity to to see how someone else does what they do. So what so what yeah. was that like? What was that like for you? I, I think I also want to mention if if you can see it in other people it's within you as well because people are just mirrors for the brilliance that's already within us. And just seeing, seeing the way Preston and yourself and Adam, like other coaches that I've been working with, just seeing the way you guys navigate the world and the way you show up and serve has impacted me because it inspires me to continue to do the same thing for the people that are in my vortex. Mm. You know, that's awesome, man. And it led you to so many opportunities too. I think that's another important thing for people to realize is that there's a lot of people out there doing great work who need help, <laughs> who need support, who need somebody who are waiting for somebody to say, Hey, I will show up and I will, I will support you. What can I do? Give, hand something off to me because I just want to help out. And not only that, it's, it's also showing up and just, I've done, I did an episode on here before uh, called show up early, leave late. It's that mentality of like, show up before everybody else gets there, do what needs to be done and stay, stay long after everybody's gone and having that sense of I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that, that it happens. And that's, that's a rare quality amongst people. And I think that's something that Preston saw in you and something you continue to show up with and, you know, look, look, look what it's yielded back to you, you know, for sure, man. And you know, when you believe in something so much, when you've had the work impact you so personally, it's like, why wouldn't I show up? Why wouldn't I give my time, energy and and attention to helping other people do the exact same thing? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not like, it's not a chore. It's a, it's like a a gift for me to be in that position and to have that responsibility. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So 27 years old, man, you're, you're, you're freshly minted into the 27th year of your life. And what would you, obviously, especially working in man cave and being a worldly man, such as you are, you've seen a lot of other guys who are in this like 20 to 30 year old range who are struggling with all different types of things. What what are some of the most common things that you see that our guys are struggling with right now? Honestly, I think, and it was the same thing that I struggled with, like knowing my worth, knowing my value. So many men are still trying to prove that their life has meaning and purpose and not being able to operate from that place, still operating from the place where they feel like they need to prove that to the world, need to prove it to themselves and getting over that hump of realizing that no, who they are is value and they have so much to give is a huge challenge that men face. Another challenge I think that they face is really embodying their masculine qualities. I think it's been like we've, we've grown up in a society where so much of the masculine has been shamed and raised by, by parents that did their best to not have us embody the traits of the masculine that they might have been wounded by. So really recognizing that, recognizing the programming around it and then choosing 
choosing the masculinity when it serves us, the areas of the masculine that serve. Yeah, man. Huge, huge. Because that's that's what we're looking for in our lives is, is where can we bring value to the world? You know, I, I always say this, that in the heart of every man, no matter how good or evil we perceive him to be is, is someone who wants to be of service. It's whether or not he's connected to it and connected to that space of service, that, that space of service that I think originates in the heart and also the means by which he can deliver it. That's a huge part of the journey. And I also think, especially for guys who are in their twenties and thirties now, there's a resistance to stepping into the discomfort and also mm-hmm. there's, and, and it's, it's supported. I mean, a, a comfortable life is what we're encouraged to create for ourselves, right? Yeah. Uh, create, create a that's retirement it. savings for yourself, you know, get a good job coming out of college. And by good job, they mean one that's secure, that's going to continue to provide you predictable mm-hmm. levels of income. And mm-hmm. if there's one recipe that I've seen inside of all the people that I assess to be successful, to be living their best lives, to be living on purpose, it's that mm-hmm. at some point, either someone threw them into discomfort whether it was a parent, a mentor, uh, an older sibling, or just circumstances of life, or if they chose that discomfort themselves. But one way or the other, they stepped out into the unknown, not knowing yeah. what was going to happen. And with all the luxury of choices that we have these days and the the guys who are still living at home because their parents aren't kicking them out of the house or aren't are making it easy for them to stay there, we get stuck. Because who, who, would, who would leave the safety and comfort of a warm home and, and food in your belly? Yeah, no 100%, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it, it takes courage to to really, you know, not actually know how things are going to work out, but know that you're being led in a certain direction and actually taking that leap and learn learning in the, in the process. Like that, that to me is super courageous. And people that are answering that call is, is huge, whether, you, whether you're successful in what you choose or whether you learn, learn something that's going to benefit you down the line. I think it's important for every boy turning, becoming a man to really take that step and lead from service. Yeah, man. Let me ask you this question. What did you learn about success in your journey up till now and failure for that matter? I learned that everyone's version of success is different. The version of success that I had on a pedestal was the one that had been celebrated by society. The guy that gets the girls, the guy that has the the ripped body, the guy that projected a certain way. And I, I did my best, my absolute best to try and project myself in that light uh-huh. and realize that that wasn't fulfilling. Uh-huh. So now I'm defining success by the impact that I can have around those around me and how I can make them feel and how I might be able to help shape their life in a way that has them feeling really fulfilled and satisfied. And in failure, man, I think it's it's really about recognizing that there is no failure. You, you either learn and you grow, or you or you are successful. What you set out to do, but there's no failure. Like we like, there's never been a time where things aren't okay. Like we, like if you really reflect on your biggest failure, a week later, how were you? Like you were okay. Like things are gonna be. Things are gonna work out. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why it's so important. Is that I, I used to equate failure to death. And that was why yeah. I was so resistant to stepping out and taking risks as a, as a younger man, because I used to think that if I failed, then I would, number one, I wasn't going to get approval or, or the desired outcome that I had intended for, but also I may never recover from that. And so what I learned about failure is that it's necessary, man. You have to learn that by failing, you can go out and you can fail or by, you know, and by failure, not get the desired outcome and the sun's still going to rise tomorrow. And as long as you take something from that, then like you said, it wasn't really a failure. It was a lesson. Mm -hmm. It was an opportunity to learn something, but there's this man, this is misconception about what success and failure really is. And I think about baseball. I don't know if you guys play a lot of baseball in Australia. I know you have it out there, but it's not your big thing, but Mm -hmm. even like, you know, to bat 300, which means you get a hit three out of 10 times. That's, that's like really good. <laughs> you can get a, paid a lot of money to hit 300 in the major leagues to be in, in the NBA, right? If you make 50% of your free of your field goals, you're like upper echelon, right? And that's, yeah. that's in, in school, that would be considered failure. Mm-hmm. So, this relationship with failure and what we deem to be success or failure is also a big one that really screws us up and keeps us in that inner ring of comfort for so long. Yeah. Absolutely. Failure is like, what's coming to me is failure is the initiation for success. Like it's, it's necessary for you to go through those trials and tribulations before you can really truly appreciate the success of what you've created or whatever venture you put your, your energy and effort into. 
Wow. Failure is the initiation for success. Woo. Yeah. You heard it here first, ladies and gents. Glenn Money dropping heat on I the Rising Man yeah, podcast. <laughs> I just I just channeled that straight down from spirit. He's like, Glenn, say this. And there you, <laughs> there you go, man. Trying to be humble. <laughs> Giving it up yeah. to spirit. Nah. Yeah. That was awesome, man. I really like that. Failure is the initiation for success. That's that's great, man. So Let's start to pivot towards wrapping this up because that was such a dime you dropped right there. Let me ask you a couple of the lightning questions. So you know what's coming. I might shake it up a little bit on you and hit you from some different angles. All right, man. What's the one thing you've learned in your life you wish you knew when you were 18? That I'm worthy of the things that I that I want to put out into the world. That I'm worthy of the the love that I desire. That I'm worthy. I'm worthy to be me. Like mm. I think that's the big one. So often we we change who we are based on the people that are around us in order to feel love. But you know we're worthy to, to just be ourselves and show up as that, regardless of how it's received. Mm. Awesome, man! I love that. And uh, what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? Mm. Faith. Mm. Faith. Faith in yourself. Faith in some. Faith in a better tomorrow. Faith in spirit. Just. An unyielding faith in that good things are to come, no matter where what you're going through. Like there's a there's a better day on the horizon. Awesome, man. And and last question here: What do you think is the greatest opportunity for men, specifically of our generation? What's the greatest opportunity we have right now? Mm, we get to create a new template for what it means to be a man in this world. Like I see the dynamic between the masculine and the feminine shifting so much. And by just being in the inquiry of like such deep questions, like, why am I here? Like, what am I here to give? Like being in those sort of questions and living from a conscious place where we're not just simply reacting, we're responding is the invitation for all men, Mm. whatever that looks like in your life. Mm. Boom. Awesome, man. Last but not least, where can people follow you, find you, work with you one-on-one as a coach now that you're declaring it and owning it? Give us it all. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you guys can find me at, at Glenn Cash Money on Instagram at www.glennmoney on uh, on the internet and uh, Glenn Money on YouTube as well. I have a lot of my poems and dances and creative pieces that have really helped me transform some of my hardships that I've been through. So yeah, you can find me all over there. And obviously you can find me in Man Cave supporting uh, the Brotherhood uh, and all the men that get to come into our space through that. Awesome, man. And I will say this, man, as one of the funniest people on the planet, in my opinion, um, you also have this amazing ability to go really deep and to be really reflective and to have those two dimensions of masculinity so well embodied at the age of 27 is really impressive to me, man. So for those of you guys out there who haven't seen some of Glenn's pieces, his performances, his, his comedy <laughs> that he throws up there just to keep it light, man, he's, he's definitely worthy of a follow and you should have him at the top of your notifications because he's, he's yeah. definitely stepping into some big stuff. For sure, man. And you know, I want to take a second to really honor you. I know we had a moment back in January when we were in Joshua Tree, but you really like having someone that I respect so much, speak so much truth into me and reflect back to me who I really am has really catapulted so much growth this last six months. And I'm so blessed and humbled to be in your vortex and your sphere and to be serving alongside you in Man Cave. And you make me excited to one day be a father, like the way you are with Sitka and your new little girl is, is inspirational to me. And I, I can only hope that I show up half as good as you in that. Mm. Wow, man. Thank you for that. Fully receive don't, it. And- <laughs> don't be the humble guy right now, bro. Just own it. Just like, yeah, I'm pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will receive it and let that be it, man. Thank you for that acknowledgement. And we d- definitely blessed to uh, have you on the show here, man. Thank you for bringing your wisdom and for bringing your laughs and bringing your Aussie spirit here, man. Uh, really great to have this conversation with you, man. And I, and I wish you the best in everything that you're stepping into, especially in this 27th year, man, the Saturn return. Watch out, baby. It's about to get, yeah, about to get wavy up in here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I'm ready. I got the surfboard. I'm I got my surfboard. That's what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. All right, G Money. Good having you on here, brother. I love you, man. Take care. Thanks, bro. So I know my man Glenn didn't disappoint. This was a really amazing conversation. I've known Glenn for a couple of years now and to witness his journey, to witness his process and how devoted he is to his own personal discovery, it has really taught me how being in your own work allows you to be a greater gift, a greater offer, a greater service to all kinds of other people. 
There's a lot to learn from this man. If you're not already following him, make sure you do so immediately because Glenn is a powerhouse. He's also one of the funniest dudes that I know. So that he's got that beautiful blend of humor, creativity, inspiration, and also just being uh, an awesome dude and a really, really powerful man. So make sure you guys, if you missed it at the top of the show, you check us out for the next Rising Man Fire Circle this Saturday, May 25th from 3 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's virtual. It happens on Zoom. If you want to get a link as a guest, hit me up or support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash rising man. $33 a month gets you instant access to our Rising Man Fire Circles, monthly calls, instant support from our whole Rising Man community, including myself and my power team. Sign up today. You won't regret it. As always, check us out in the show notes for links and resources at therisingmanpodcast.com. My man Julian Subic, making sure you guys have all of the best nuggets from each episode, all the links to follow these amazing men who come on here, and connections to anything that we mention in the episodes. So make sure you guys check that out. Julian's doing an amazing job making sure you guys are hooked up every single week. Please subscribe and follow on the podcast app of your choice. Leave us a five-star review if they allow you to leave five-star reviews and you think we deserve it. Seriously, guys, your reviews, your comments, your feedback goes such a long way, not just in raising our ratings for the podcast, which is also an important goal of ours, but letting us know how we're doing, letting us know that what we're saying is really landing. All the messages, even when you guys just hit me up with a direct message, it means so much. So please, please do that because it really helps fuel the fire for what we're doing. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure you subscribe so you get the instant download of the episode every single week when we drop them. Check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Podcast. My man Rowan Tyne has been hooking up the Rising Man Instagram for a while now. Make sure you hit him up with some love on Instagram at Rowan Tyne, T-Y-N-E. My man Sean Offenbach on all of the audio engineering needs that we've got for this show. He is just spinning it out right now. I'm telling you guys, if you have audio needs, hit Sean up right now. I'm telling you straight up. He's about to be too busy for you guys. So hit him up at Infinite Melodics, at Infinite M-E-L-O-D-I-X on Instagram. He's your man. Don't look anywhere else. Trust me. And last but not least, our maestro of the Rising Man Fire Circles, Mark Rose, who is managing that community, making sure everybody is sitting around the fire, getting everybody onboarded. If you guys sign up on Patreon, he'll be the first one to reach out and greet you at the door. Mark, appreciate everything you're doing, my brother. I wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for my power team. I swear to God. Thank you guys so much. And for the rest of you guys listening, I wouldn't be anywhere without y'all either. So until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.